Good morning, Shirts Campus! All right, that was good for me, but it ain't about me and it's not about them. Although they do look good, this is about Jesus, right? We're still going through a, a pandemic. People still catching COVID. People catching other diseases, but you're still here. So y'all not with me, so let me go to this side. God woke you up this morning, so let me hear you make some noise for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We know whose child you are. I need you to stand up on your feet. Okay, y'all still asleep. I need this side to get up on your feet. We didn't come here to be cute. I didn't come here to be cute. That's why we got these sneakers on, you hear me? I need you to get up on your feet all over the house of the Lord. And I need you to really make some noise. Shout in advance for your circumstance because you may be going through something. The disease don't have you. That job don't have you. Your finances may be a little, a little iffy, but God still has you. So we gonna turn up for the Lord. Here we go, y'all ready, young people? All right, here we go. Come on, welcome to you Sunday. Hey, hey, put your hands together. Come on, where your moves at? Where your moves at? Where your moves at? Give a prayer to the love is deep From the cross to the grave is all 
friends and family, those of you who are streaming live, those of you who are tuning in, it's my joy, it's my pleasure, it's an absolute privilege to share the Word of God with you each weekend. 
and especially today as we begin this Lenten season. Lent is a period of 40 days during which Christians remember the events leading up to and including the death of Jesus Christ, whose life and teachings are the very foundation of our faith. The 40-day period is called Lent after an old English word meaning lengthen. This is because of the time of year when it happens as the days start to get longer as we approach summer. It is a time of reflection and of asking for forgiveness when Christians prepare to celebrate our Lord's resurrection on Easter Sunday when it comes at the very end of Lent. During Lent, many people decide to give up something, something that they love, something that they cherish, something such as even chocolates or sweets or using social media, whatever you feel led to do. Others might decide to take up something like helping out more with chores at home or making an effort to do nice things for their family and friends or, or even paying it forward by simply blessing someone. Millions of people do this as a sign of sacrifice and to test their own self-discipline. And since we're in a new season, I want to begin a new series of messages entitled, Never Stop. Say that with me, never stop. No matter what you are faced with in life, whatever you do, don't give up, never stop. Because Lent and life are like a bridge. The only way to get from one side to the other is to never stop. And as we enter this Lenten season, I want to invite you to join me on another journey where we are invited to never stop even in challenging, trying, and difficult moments. Enjoy today's worship experience and be blessed. We stand on the shoulders of heroes, known and unknown, who inspire us to be and to do better, who blaze trails and challenge convention to define better black health, black wealth, and black wellness. We honor the achievements of our past. We acknowledge the strides of our present and we celebrate black joy and the hope of our future. America stands on the shoulders of the dreamers and doers who we honor this month and who have shaped American history for the better. Come on, let's celebrate our heritage. Let's celebrate those that went before us. Come on, come on. Come on, stand to your feet. Just touch somebody and say, I'm free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. Come on, let's give God a Shabbat praise. I'm free. I'm free. Ha <laughs> ha! 
anybody here that can say you're free? I'm free. Don't fool me now. If you've been free, you ought to raise your hands. Look at three people and say, I'm free. you come to do but I came to praise his name anybody feel like a praise amen ain't nothing like a Holy Ghost party I, I, I don't know I, I feel something up here mm, I got all this gospel choir let's give some praise to God for our children. You could do a good job. Come on. Amen. Y'all could do better than that. Come on, these kids. Amen. Amen. Alexa, I don't know where you get the energy. Seems like the older you get, the more flexible you get. You're rapping and all that stuff. I'm, I can't keep up. That's when you know you're getting old. Dirt, amen, old dirt, amen, amen, old dirt, amen. Say old dirt, old dirt, yeah, uh, dirt, yeah, old dirt, amen. More mature for my age, amen, amen. Let's give the parents some love as well. God bless you. Thank you for allowing us. You all probably already know. Come here, Josh. Come here, Josh. This is our youth minister. Amen. Our youth pastor. Amen. Just yesterday, they took some students to the University of Houston campus. Amen. Anything you want to share? Give me a microphone if you want to just share something real quick. I'm going to give you five minutes. Hold on. But I got to take it four and a half, okay? So. All right, go ahead. Amen. No, we just want to uh, thank everybody, uh, Pastor, the whole church, for continuing to support um, our youth ministry. Uh, we are just now kind of getting back in the swing of things from the pandemic. As you can see, the choir has not uh, missed the beat. Uh, we are back, Children's Church. Our teens are back every first and third Sunday upstairs. So you guys come upstairs and join us for that as well. Um, listen, spring break is around the corner. Uh, so I want everybody uh, to mark your calendars for March the 12th. March the 12th, we're inviting the whole church to come out and watch a basketball game for the youth volunteers are going to take on the teens. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. So our medical team, make sure you're on standby. Okay. But in order to watch the game, in order to watch the game, you have to bring, you have to bring a can of soup. We're in partnership with the Houston Food Bank. And so we're going to collect some cans, get some soup to those who are in need. So it's called Soups and Hoops. Soups and Hoops. Come out, support the youth, and also give back to the community. So March the 12th, we hope to see you there. Again, thank you to the entire church, all the volunteers 
the parents for supporting our youth ministry. Uh, we're going to continue to give God the praise as due his name. Amen. 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 Come on, give God some praise for them again. Listen. And if you want some more information, you can meet him after church. Amen. Don't take up too much of his time. He got a family too. Amen. But um, we want to certainly encourage you to do that. Come on, give God praise for our magnification ministry. Y'all took us to church. Amen. And I tell you, this band over here, amen, amen, amen. Hit that one more time, Ryan. Hit that. There you go. Yeah, that, uh, that all that. Amen. Mm, I used to do all that. Different day, different day, though. Our youth choir didn't look like this youth choir. We, about five of us, we just stood and just sang. Amen. Y'all remember them days? Amen. Amen. Are you ready for a word from the Lord? Come on, are you really ready for a word from the Lord? While you're standing, turn with me to Genesis chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. And I want to read to you and to your hearing verses 1 through 5 from the NIV, Genesis chapter 15. And then we want to look at Genesis chapter 21 and verse 5. Genesis 15, 1 through 5, Genesis 21, fifth verse. This is the word of God. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? Abram said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. The word of God for the people of God, you may be seated in the presence of God. We're beginning a new series entitled Never Stop, and we want to tag today's text with this title, Never Stop Dreaming. Never Stop Dreaming. One of the greatest challenges in life is to hold on to a dream for a long period of time. That's the challenge that Abraham had experienced in the text that we've just read. He had emerged from a war that he had no business winning. Yet God empowered him to defeat four kings who had captured his nephew Lot and took all of his possessions. With 317 men, he pursued these armies, attacking them by night, rescuing his nephew and regaining all of their possession. And on the way home, Abraham stopped at Jerusalem, and the Bible says he gave a tithe of everything he had gained. Say tithe. It, it should come off your tongue real easily. Tithe. Amen. comes off your tongue a lot better than it comes off your pocket. Say tithe. Tithe, tithe. Abraham gave a tithe. Say tenth. Amen. Say ten percent. This is not a stewardship message, but I feel something in my spirit. He gave a tithe of everything he had gained. 
And he gave it to a priest named Melchizedek. And it was after this that God came to Abraham in a vision. After the tithe. Ooh. That he got a vision from God saying, do not be afraid. I am your shield, say protection. I am your very great reward, say provision. Abraham had just returned from a battle he had no business winning. And the only reason why he won is because God had helped him. That's why he gave a tithe, because he wanted to thank God for the victory. In a very similar way, I want to suggest that somebody came to serve us today who owes God a thank you. I, I don't even know who I'm talking to. Keep looking straight, but, but he got you through this far in 2023. All through the pandemic, you were alive. He woke you up this morning. You even drove up here in a car that you can't even spell the name of. You owe God a thank you. Just looking back over your life, you can acknowledge without anybody helping you to testify that there were some battles that you've won. And the only reason why you won was just like Abraham, because God helped you. God gave him the victory, and once God had given him the victory, he showed gratitude toward God. God visited him with a vision to confirm his covenant. God says to him, do not be afraid. I am your shield, your very great reward. And in verse 2, Abram responds saying, oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? You've given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Now, in the context, the beginning of chapter 12, verse 7, God had already promised Abraham, to your offspring I will give you this land. But that was 15 years earlier. Abraham is now 15 years older. Sarah is no spring chicken herself. Their biological clock was no longer ticking. It was broke. And yet they still had no children. Abraham was beginning to think that perhaps he needed an alternative plan, a plan B to his life, because obviously plan A, the promise of God, did not appear to be working. And so he began to make plans for Eliezer to become his, his heir, but that was not what God promised. Hear me well, y'all, because one of the greatest challenges of life is to hold on to a dream for a long period of time. Somebody listening to me today right now can identify with Abraham's frustration because I don't know who you are, but if you're real, I don't care how saved you are, how anointed you think you might be, you have been tempted to think and try and do something different because the dream you had has been delayed and deferred and you've been wondering, you've been hoping, and all the while you're hoping, you realize that deliverance is far off. Simply put, your deliverance has been deferred. Can I just tag some black heritage in here? Langston Hughes wrote a collection of poems called a montage of De dreams deferred. In these poems, Langston Hughes poetically proclaims that we are a people who are perennially experiencing providential postponement when it comes to the fulfillment of our plans. Preach, Pastor Brown. He says it like this, what happens to a dream deferred from river to river. There's uptown and down. 
there's liable to be confusion when dreams get kicked around. Langston Hughes is simply answering the question of what happens to dreams that are deferred and plans that are postponed. And I think I need to tell you real quickly that there are some diminishing delays that are detrimental to our dreams. Can I share some with you real quickly? First of all, there's nothing more detrimental to a dream than unfulfilled expectations. It's hard to hold on to a dream and cling on to a vision when things don't work out like you thought they would. When you expect help and all you get is hurt. When you expect success and you end up being stopped. When you expect support but all you get was disappointment. You were trying to focus on tomorrow and kept getting sabotaged by yesterday. You were looking ahead but kept falling behind. Unfulfilled expectations can destroy and diminish any dream. And the danger of unfulfilled expectations is that it tempts us to take matters into our own hands. You, you know the story, Genesis 16. The text says, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she says to Abram, the Lord kept me from having children. Now you go sleep with my maidservant because perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed. I don't think y'all read the Bible. Y'all ain't been reading lately. Yeah. Y'all gonna make me explain this. I, this is not the sermon I wanted to preach, but you get the point. He agreed. Brothers, you ought to agree. <laughs> he agreed to what Sarah said. But note, it's right there in the text, which she uses this, this personal pronoun, I. It's in the verses, I can build a family through her. There's nothing more detrimental to a dream than unfulfilled expectations and unrelenting doubt. God reaffirmed his covenant once again in Genesis 17, saying, As for me, this covenant with you, you will be the father of many nations. And then in verse 7, the text says, Abraham fell down on his face and laughed to himself saying, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at age 90? He was bowing to worship on the outside, but standing up in doubt on the inside. And I wonder, is there anybody here who's honest enough to admit that you've had some type of internal conflict and dialogue to, at some point in your life where outwardly you're silent, but inwardly you were talking to yourself and doubting the promises of God? The dangers of unrelenting doubt is that we permit the lies of the enemy to become truth to us. Can I get a witness? We begin to believe that we don't have what it takes, that, 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 that what we've dreamed about will never materialize, that we don't know enough, we don't have enough, we don't, we're not tall enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not handsome enough, you're not beautiful enough, you're not intelligent enough, you're not resourced enough, you're not connected enough to do what it is that God wants you to do. And so we begin to make all kind of excuses. We procrastinate, we talk down to ourselves, we doubt ourselves, we feel sorry for ourselves, we feel pitiful for ourselves and we become intimidated by others because we permitted the lies of the enemies to become truth to us but somebody ought to shout real loud I don't know where it's coming from real loud be bold and say the devil is a liar 
because the enemy wants to put into your mind and cause you to doubt because doubt is detrimental to a dream. It's detrimental. It's detrimental to a dream. There's nothing more detrimental than unfulfilled expectations, unrelenting doubt, and unchanging circumstances. Man, listen, listen. Genesis 18:1. the text says to Abraham and Sarah, says, says Abraham and Sarah were, were already old. They were advanced in years. years. They weren't older. They were old. <laughs> she was past the age of childbearing. She was not at mental pause. She was at mental stop. And some of y'all will get it on the way home. They, they were tempted to surrender the dream that God had given them because the challenge of their circumstances and the fact that the circumstance had not changed. I'm preaching this thing to somebody because you know the sentiment because as you think about your own life situation, your circumstances don't appear to be cooperative with the dream that you are attempting to pursue. I mean, it just seems like nothing is conducive. There are too many obstacles, too little time, too little money, too many hindrances, too many haters, too little help. And slowly over time, you begin to see your circumstances as untenable and unchangeable because the danger of unchangeable circumstances is that you hit a spot where you just give up. And I think I need to remind somebody real quickly, I think I need to remind you that just because it hasn't happened don't mean it won't happen. I, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but you ought to make up your mind that you're not going to put your dream on hold because of circumstances. You can go back to school. Don't let circumstances prevent you from fulfilling your dream. You apply for, the, so they turned you down over here, apply over there and keep on. Circumstances should not prevent your dreams. Listen, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you ought to say to yourself, I'm going to dream and never stop dreaming. Abraham complains to God. He says in verse three of the text, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will become my heir. But notice how gently God responds. I love the word of God. God is not like us. We're so holy. Or than thou. <laughs> you know, some of y'all came with your halos already on, fully charged. So bright I can't even hardly see out there. But God gently, gently responds, doesn't rebuke him. He's not upset, just reassures him that the promise will come to pass. Takes him on a field trip. Verse 5, the Lord took him outside and said, look up in the heavens. Count the stars if indeed you can count them. Your descendants will be like that. Verse 6, it says, Abraham believed the Lord. Now, don't miss this point because Abraham was inside. But God had to take him outside. Y'all tracking? When Abraham was inside, all he could see was the ceiling of the tent. And so God had to take him outside on a field trip and tell them to look up at the sky and 
that stretches billions of light years in every direction. While he was inside, he focused on his own lack and capacity and inability. So God had to take him outside so he could sense God's capacity and God's amazing ability. Abraham's faith had been reduced to the size of his tent. He did what so many of us do, and that is put a ceiling on what God can do. We allow our circumstances to define what we believe is possible, and so God has to move us so that he can refocus our vision and recast his dream and get us to be focused on his promise. We see the ceiling, and what we see as the ceiling, God sees as the floor. Can I get a witness? F.B. Mayer says, uh, unbelief puts our circumstances between us and God, but faith puts God between us and our circumstances. And so what should we do? Keep dreaming. Tap your neighbor and say, never stop dreaming. Never stop dreaming. And listen, never stop dreaming, number one, even if it takes a long time. That's my first point of the day. Even if it takes a long time. Because, y'all listen, a promise delayed is not a promise denied. Not now does not mean not ever. You have to trust God's process. Because every dream will be tested. Genesis 15 opens up with the phrase, after this. I love the word of God. After this. After what? If you rewind the story, you'll see Abraham's dream was tested by famine. Tested by Failure, got by conflict, by warfare, by prosperity. God spoke to Abram in a vision, but the dream did not come to pass until after he had stepped out on faith, left his homeland, after he had been through famine, after he made a fool of himself lying to the king saying Sarah was his sister when she actually was his wife, after dealing with dissension and conflict in his own family, after fighting and winning his battle with the Babylonian kings after learning how to be a giver and give tithes of his possession. After all of those tests, then God showed up and gave him the reassurance that he required. Can we be honest today? A lot of us have given up after we've gone through the first test. And look at all the tests that Abraham had to go through. That's the reason why many of us, for many of us, the dreams that we have for God never materialize because we give up too soon. But can I give you this one? This ought to bless you. The value of a postage stamp is its ability to stick with one thing until it arrives at its destination. Next time you look at an oak tree, next time you see a mighty oak tree, remember that at one point in its journey, it was just a little nut who refused to give up its ground. Failure is the path of least resistance. Every dream it will, be, will be tested. You can't have a dream that won't be tested. I love cake, but, but I, I've learned something. When you're making it, you got to wait. That, that's really the question. Can you wait? Because cake, all the ingredients that's in a cake, I, I love it, but all the ingredients that make it up by themselves, I never sat down and have eaten some vanilla extract. <laughs> Salt. Frosting. Well, frosting, maybe. <laughs> Flour. All right, all right. 
I don't drink egg yolks. But when all those things are mixed up just right and dropped into the right kind of pan and, 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 and heated up to the right temperature and fixed with the right preparation and you wait, then it comes out just right. I love me some cake, and you do too. I got, yeah. <laughs> but hear me well. We've got to wait on God. Because when, while we wait, God is working. Waiting time is not wasted time. The question is, how long can you wait? Because in the first two chapters of Job, God chooses Job to be picked on by the devil. And then from chapter 3 all the way to chapter 37, God is absolutely silent. He says nothing. From chapter 3 to 37, first two chapters is nothing but tragedy. And from chapter, y'all ain't hear me, from 3 to 37. And so my question is, how long can you wait? For a word from the Lord. How long can you wait for God to move in your circumstances? Can you wait for 35 chapters? Oh, this ought to bless somebody. You ought to shout wherever you are, even if you ain't on a shouting roll, because God told me to tell you somebody in here got seven more chapters before your breakthrough. Seven more chapters before you get healed. Seven more chapters before God flips your script. You ought to be saying that. He talking to me. God is about to move in your chapter 8, and you got 70 more, seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you got seven more chapters, and when God moves, God's going to make it plain that whatever you went through, whatever you had to go through, God lets you go through it so he could bring you out of it. You've got to keep on dreaming, even if it takes a long time time because those who see their dreams fulfilled are those who know how to persevere no matter what and refuse to quit every dream will be tested and tests take time y'all I, I don't like tests I'm not by myself I hate tests but tests are what we have to go through why? Because God only gives dreams to people he can trust. Mm -mm -mm. God can't give his dreams to people whose minds are cluttered and filled with all kind of stuff. God wants your undivided attention. And so our tests are not meant to discourage us. They're meant to draw us closer to God. And here's the good news for somebody right now. You're right around the corner for, from, for God fulfilling your dreams. Everything you walk through, everything you've experienced, everything you have had to go through, every tear you've shed, every burden you've borne, every difficulty that you've endured has been a part of God's process. God is literally making you into what he wants you to be. God is taking you through everything you're going through, and when it's time, God will bring you out because Genesis 21 and 5 points out that Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. But here's the shout. It took a long time, but it happened. Okay, I, over here. It, it, it took a long time, but it happened. Can I get somebody in this area? It took a long time, but it happened. 
Maybe this is for somebody who's been going through some stuff. It took a long time, but it happened. Is there anybody over here that has had to wait on God? It takes a long time, but it, I need somebody who can testify. Pastor, you must be talking about me. You've been listening to my conversations. It took a long time. But it, listen, it doesn't matter how long it took, doesn't matter how long he had to wait for it, just as long as it happened. Because somebody near you, they've been sitting with their hands folded, but they're about to shout because they've discovered that in waiting on God, that once God did what God said he would do, it was worth the wait. Can anybody just shout, I had to wait, but it was worth it. I had to go through some stuff, but it was worth it. I'm going through some stuff right now, but God has a track record that those who wait on the Lord shall rem- Never stop dreaming, even if it takes a long time, but never stop dreaming, even if it sounds ridiculous. Y'all, God will whisper some stuff in your ear. Because in Genesis 22 and 2, God gives Abraham a strange instruction. You know where I'm going. He's waited for years to see his dream fulfilled. He's persevered through all types of tests. Finally, a son for which he had hoped. And God says, oh yeah, by the way, take your only son. The one whom you love. Go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountains, and I'll tell you about it. And that sounds, if that doesn't sound ridiculous, I don't know what does. Sometimes God calls us to do what appears to be ridiculous to us and unthinkable to our associates. Don't ever think that you are thinking on the same level as God. Come here, Isaiah. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. God knows what he's doing, even if it appears ridiculous to us. And in those moments, you've got to trust not only God's process, but you've got to trust God's purpose because sometimes God tests us like God tested Abraham because in order for Abraham to embrace God's dream for his life, he had to be willing to lay down his own dream. We all have dreams of what we want to do, how our lives are supposed to work out. Closing out 2022, I had it all set. I had a 10-year plan. I woke up in 2023 and God said, let me tell you something. Uh, I was laughing at your plans. Now let me show you mine. Y'all, y'all ain't feeling me. No, you ain't going to do what you said. Let me show you what I'm, I'm thinking about, right? Anybody, anybody, anybody had that happen? I, I'm just giving you my testimony. God was simply saying, Ray, you thinking in time, but I've got, to, I've got a master plan in eternity. And everything you go through, everything you come through, every time you're frustrated, he, every mistake that you made, you didn't know it. It was already factored into the plan. And so you're still going to end up where you're supposed to end up before I even let you start up. I had this thing already figured out. 
and all you got to do is trust my purpose. I hope this is blessing you today. God has a purpose and God will keep you until you fulfill everything God created you to do. You were made for this moment. You were made to go through whatever you've gone through because God has something great for you on the other side. Can I just be prophetic for just one second? You will dot every I that God wants you to dot. You will cross every T that God intends for you to cross. You will do everything that God intends for you to do because God's got you covered. Somebody ought to say, I'm covered, I'm covered, I'm covered. I was wrestling whether or not to sneak this illustration in. You know, when you've got children, you've got to be careful how you preach about your children. But I got permission because I've shared it before. My oldest son, Ray, when he was at Texas State University, full-time student, I was so proud of him. He just bought a new car on his own credit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm just sitting in there just smiling. I'm like, where the camera? Deacons shouting y'all and y'all, y'all need to come on with this. Yeah. On his own credit. And the down payment was, was his own money. I'm just, I'm tearing up. Just, you know, you wait for those moments. You just like, he hadn't even gotten his degree yet. I'm already rejoicing. And, but while he was there, he was working between this church and, and working with another church called True Vision. I forgot the name of the pastor. I, um, Michael Brown. And then he was also working a full-time, well, part-time job, going to school, working in church, uh, 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 got in this car, and, and all of a sudden, somebody backed into him, called me up. Uh, and the reason why he called me, because even though he had done all the other things, he was still on my insurance. <laughs> and he was, he, was, he, was, he was panicking, Dad, I'm paying for school. I, I spent all this money to put this down payment on the car, and I'm trying to do all this. And, 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 and I, got, now I got this damage to pay for. And I said, son, you don't have to pay for it. He said, what do you mean? I said, I got full coverage on the vehicle that you're driving. All you got to do is handle the deductible. Y'all knew where I was going. God told me to tell somebody who walked up in here today that, that your stuff is going to be fixed. But all you got to do is handle the deductible. How do you handle the deductible? The pain that you have is just a deductible. The tears that you shed, that's a deductible. The trouble that you've endured, that's your deductible. The storm that you had to walk through, that's your deductible. The, the trauma that you had to bear, the misery that you had to manage, that's the deductible. You handle the deductible, and God will handle the rest. Why? Because God's got you covered. Tell somebody, I'm covered. I'm through. Just about through. I'm almost there. Sit down, because i got to share this real quickly with you. Never stop dreaming. Even if it takes a long time, even if it sounds ridiculous, even if you don't think you can, this building that you are in right now, when we dreamt about it in the early 90s, we didn't think we could do it. This whole area didn't even have a house. There was no red lights down Shirts Parkway, and barely any down, what's that, 3009? Nothing. But God had already saw 
where the land was going to be, where the building was going to be. And listen, watch this, watch this, watch this. God saw it because he knew that you needed a seat in the sanctuary on today. Somebody ain't even shouting. You, you. God had put, made this happen for you. You ought to take this personally, y'all. Listen, you can't without God, but you can with God. When you, listen, when you don't think you can, not only do you need to trust God's process, you need to trust God's purpose. The purpose of us being here is so that you, when you arrive, anybody grew up thinking that you were going to live in shirts or go to a church and shirts? Just raise your, okay, me neither. God knew that this had to be here, and he had already planned this, y'all not here, according to Jeremiah, while you was in the womb. Because God's got some stuff that he's got purposed for you. You've got to just trust God's promise. In Genesis 22, the text follows the story. Abraham took his only son, put him on the top of Mount Moriah in obedience to God, about to make a sacrifice, and he did it because he believed, y'all. Look at how strong his faith was that the God who gave him the life the first time, he had made up his mind that if he gave him the life the first time, if he required that life back, he could give it back to him again. And so he prepared an altar. He, he got some wood, some oil, and I don't know where he got the matches from, but he got all that together, put his son on the altar. His all on the altar of sacrifice was laid. Son looks around and said, where is, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says, oh, this is some preaching stuff right here. That God will provide a sacrifice. And that's where we get that name, Jehovah Jireh, because it comes right out of Genesis 22. Uh, when it says the Lord there, it's the ancient Hebrew text that's rendering Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, God is a provider. He put him on the altar. And when he raised that knife, understand that because at that point, it's still possible to act like uh, up to that point that you're being obedient. Because a whole lot of folk act like they are walking in Christ until a test come a hope. There's some folk got crosses so big they bent down because it's so heavy. There's some folk whose Bible's so big they already got arthritis and everything else. But just because you got a big Bible or a big cross don't mean nothing. You can act like it and talk like it. He's got the knife raised and, and, and up to that point it can look like he's being obedient but not actually being obedient. Uh, you can look holy and not really be holy but when he he raised that knife. Ah, oh, heaven moved. God sent an angel to grab his hand. And the angel said, Abraham, you don't have to kill your son. God has already put a ram in the bush. Offer that ram in the bush. And verse 15 says, the angel of the Lord talked to him a second time. And the angel speaking for God says, I swear by myself. Why does God swear by himself? Did you catch that? I swear by myself. Why does God swear by himself? Because there's nothing greater. Nobody greater. God said, I swear. He looked all around. Couldn't find nobody. I swear by myself that because you've done this and not withheld your son, I will surely bless you because he was willing to do what God asked him to do because he was willing not to become desperate because he was willing to never stop dreaming. And that's my word for your church. I'm through preaching. Never stop dreaming. Just step out on faith. 
don't listen, don't listen to the doubt, don't listen to the naysayers. God says, because you have, I will. Let me give you this last thing real quickly. William Carey says, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. That means you've got to simply trust God's promise. It's not what somebody else says about you. You have to have enough faith to say, what you think about me is none of my business. <laughs> Anybody got that kind of courage? You've got to believe, even if nobody else believes. You've got to believe. You might not have anybody who believes what you believe. October 30th, 1974. The year I had started preaching. 1974. I was 10 years old at this time. Muhammad Ali fought Big George Foreman for the heavyweight championship of the world. These young people don't know either one of those people. That's, that's when they used to have boxing, heavyweight boxing on TV, and you didn't have to pay for it. Just tune the antennas just right, put some aluminum foil on it. Stay there for a minute, stay there, stay right there. If the channel wasn't really just right, just get some paper and stick it between the channel things so it could just get in between the channels. If you had a color TV, you'd be telling everybody in the neighborhood, hey, we got a color TV. If you had more than two TVs in your house, you was, you was rich. Anybody know, y'all don't know nobody, y'all. Y'all got a TV in the bathroom? In Zaire, in the jungle, in a fight that came to be known as the Rumble in the Jungle, in this fight, Ali was the top dog. I'm, I'm sorry, not the top dog. He was the underdog. Thank you, I heard you, you just, I appreciate that. Foreman was younger, bigger, stronger, undefeated. And long before the world had ever heard of Iron Mike Tyson, George Foreman was engaging in violent knockouts. I mean, Reverend George Foreman, because he's a preacher now, was knocking people out. That was one pastor you didn't want to mess with. <laughs> Minutes before the fight, before Ali went into the stadium, his camp, his people, on his payroll, his circle, his tribe was in the locker room, sad, somber, knowing that Ali got a big ego, they were scared because they knew he wasn't going to go down easy. He wasn't what he used to be, but Ali still had that big mouth. They were afraid he gonna take a big beating. And listen, let me put a pin here. You got to be careful who's in your camp. 
You can't let everybody sit on your front row. And, and, and they, they, they were afraid he was going to get beat. And listen, they were sad. They were somber in their mind, in their minds, and in their heads. They were already defeated. Ali walked into the room. He saw all this sadness. He said, what's wrong with y'all? Why are y'all so sad? And in Ali's fashion, he said, y'all so sad? We're going to dance tonight. He said, this man don't stand a chance because we're going to dance. And then he started dancing around the room. I can't do it right now. Spirit is willing. But the flesh is weak. <laughs> he danced. And as he danced, he, gets, he got to say, chanting it a lot louder. We're going to dance tonight. We're going to dance tonight. And all of them just sitting there looking at him. And he said, uh, he's going to get his brains breathed out. He, all these just started dancing. This man don't stand a chance because we're going to dance. He kept louder till finally they began to join in. We're going to dance. They was joining. We're going to dance. Everybody was chanting, we're going to dance. We're going to dance. And listen, they hollered that so loud when they got ready for the fight. Ali went into the ring, knocked George Foreman out in the eighth round all I'm trying to say is you got to believe even when nobody else does don't give up on your dreams stand up on your toes and when the devil stares you down take a page out of Ali's book and get up on your toes and just say we gonna dance tonight Every now and then, you got to tell the devil, get out of my way. Because miracles can't be taught. They can only be believed. They can't be planned. They can only be experienced. Never stop dreaming, even if it takes a long time. Never stop dreaming, even if it sounds ridiculous. Never stop dreaming, even if you don't think you can. Because Jesus, y'all, came all the way down just to lift us all the way up. He took off his iridescent robe in glory, laid his sovereignty on the mantle of promise, came through 42 generations, caught a nine-month train, jumped off on the backside of Bethlehem in a barn born of a virgin, stalked by Satan, hunted by Herod, bore rejection, handled, suffering, endured, mistreatment, despised, and rejected Peter, denied him. Judas betrayed him. Thomas doubted him. His disciples deserted him. His family misunderstood him. The crowds mocked him. The soldiers beat him. He was arrested without a reason. He was arraigned without an attorney. He was tried on trumped up charges and he was led all the way to Calvary's Hill. But when they got up there, they made all kind of mistakes. They hung him high and I heard him say if I be lifted up I'll draw all men under me and then they stretched him wide and then they dropped him low they nailed nails in his hands they nailed nails in his feet they put a spike in his side he never said a mumbling word and he died didn't he die 
I know this is Lent season, but on the way to Easter, I gotta tell you he died, and they put him in a borrowed tomb. Nobody had ever borrowed a tomb before, because most people don't borrow tombs. When you get in a tomb, you gotta stay there. But Jesus said, all I need three days, because on the third day, they tell me he got up with our power in his hands just to let you know you never have to stop dreaming I've seen the lightning flashing I've heard the thunder roll I felt sin breakers dashing trying to conquer my soul I felt yeah and I heard the voice of Jesus saying Ray fight on he promised never leave me Never to leave me alone. Goodbye, resurrection. May God bless you real good. But he says, no, no, never alone. He'll walk with you. He'll talk with you. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? Is there anybody here that loves my Jesus? Is there anybody here that loves my Lord? Yes, ain't the Lord all right? I know he's all right. What an awesome, awesome on-time word and reminder to never, ever, Stop dreaming. The praise team was singing a song earlier. It said, I'm free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. No longer bound. No more chains on me. I know it's Black History Month, and so oftentimes our, our mind goes back to that time when our ancestors were bound by chains. But the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is truly free indeed. So in this moment, we're talking about a, I don't know if you caught it, but we're talking about a different kind of freedom. Free from the penalty of sin. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so how do I, how do I obtain this, this freedom that you're talking about? Pastor Shelby, it's very simple, very simple. A, admit that you are a sinner, and without God, you are lost in sin. B, believe that Jesus Christ not only died on this, on the, excuse me, Jesus Christ not only died on the cross, that he got up with all power in his hands. And C, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Pastor talked about in his message today that it took a long time but it happened. Perhaps today is the day for somebody that it happened. You've been wrestling with God. I don't know if I'm going to join the church. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to this Christian life. But perhaps today is the day that it happened. So right now we want to offer you Jesus Christ. Our deacons are coming now. to invite you
to a relationship with Christ or to membership with this body. So we invite you now. Will this be the day that you say it happened? if you don't come physically you can still take out your phone and simply text the word join j-o-i-n to 830-689-8074 even if it's not this afternoon anytime whenever the lord pricks your heart to join the family of christ or to join the family of resurrection that's all you have to do is text join to 830-689-8074 and that freedom and Jesus Christ can still be yours. Amen? Amen. Thank you, deacons. Amen. Amen. Now, we are only... Did you guys enjoy service today? Did you guys enjoy our young people this morning up here? Praising the Lord. Amen. We are only able to continue to do ministry because of your faithful gifts that tithe that pastor was talking about, right? And so we offer you that opportunity now to give back to God what he has so graciously given unto you in your tithes and your offerings. Very simple. All you have to do is text RBC1 to 77977 and follow the instructions, um, or you may uh, drop it off on your way out or mail it here to our shirts location. Amen. Amen. Can we give another hand clap of praise for that word on today? Not just for the message, but also for the messenger, our pastor. Pastor, come on, you can do better than that. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I was encouraged today. I needed that to be reminded to continue to push for my dreams. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. Um, we're going to get ready to go. We're going to get ready to go. But before we go, before we go, we always want to remind ourselves of who we are, our mission, our vision here at this church. So if you'll stand with me as we get ready to leave this place, but never God's presence. Very simple. It says, we are servants of Christ, developing followers of Christ who share the love of Christ. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you this morning once again just to say thank you, God. Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy that has kept us thus far. Thank you so much, oh God, for the dreams that you, God, deposited in our hearts and in our minds. 
We pray, God, that you would help us throughout this week to continue to lean on you, to trust in you, and to depend on you and nothing and no one else that we may see, God, our expected end. Uh, continue to cover this church as a whole, cover our family, cover our pastor, give him all that he needs, restore him, refresh him anew, God, so that he may continue to do your work for this, your people. God, we love you. God, we honor you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and ask all these things. And the church said, amen. God bless you and God keep you.